it is the ninth episode, and I know this for sure this time because I actually checked before I hit record this time, of the Running My Mouth podcast. I am your 24-year-old host, Erin, and allow me to run my mouth for a little while. Um, As I just said, if you're watching this, I am officially 24 years old. Hold for applause. Please clap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Big achievement for me to continue to live for another year. Um, Not like that was an option or anything. I wasn't going to stop. You know what? I just made it weird. Let's not do that. But I was originally planning on recording this um, on Thursday. It's currently Sunday, the 3rd. Yeah, the 3rd. My birthday was yesterday. Um, And I was going to do a whole little intro being like, if you're watching this, it means I'm 24 years old, which is still technically true. If you are watching this, it means I'm 24. But like, I wasn't, you know, going to be 23 when I was recording it. So anyways, my birthday was yesterday, September 2nd. I am, of course, a Virgo baddie, just like all the other Virgo and September birthday baddies, because end of September, I forgot what that makes you, a Libra? I don't know. I don't be keeping up with astrology like that. I don't really believe in it in earnest. But um, if you know someone who's born in September, I mean, obviously, you know that they are probably the best person in your friend group. So, you know, I mean, the proof is in the footages. Look at the material. You can be the judge. September birthdays. Shout out to all of us. We are all so amazing. Big ups to us. Um, But yeah, yesterday was my birthday. I actually have a lot to talk about today because for the last like couple of weeks, I've been I've been doing stuff. I've been having I've been having a good couple of weeks. I'll say that much. Um, But we'll start off with my birthday since that one's the, the freshest on my mind. So I I don't typically do like big stuff for my birthday. I don't have like big parties. I mean, I made a whole (laughs) YouTube video um, on my main channel about why I don't do big parties because I tried for my 16th birthday and it didn't work out like I wanted it to. So I just stopped. Um, So yeah, yesterday was pretty low key. You know, it was a pretty typical Saturday. Woke up, um, had to mentally recover from paying my rent the previous day. Um... My mom traveled here to be with me for my birthday, which was pretty nice. Um, She was originally planning on being in Miami with all the other Jackson State people to do football stuff, I guess. I swear, my mom didn't used to be this into football, but I don't know. Ever since I left the house, she's she's always she's she's about the football now. So, I mean, good for her, I guess. But this is it feels new to me. Maybe it's not new to her, but it certainly feels new to me. So um, because she's here with me and not in Miami, she can't watch the big game because um, I guess that game always falls on Labor Day weekend, which my birthday always, not always, but usually falls on Labor Day weekend as well. But um, yeah, tomorrow's Labor Day. That's fun. Labor Day has zero significance to me other than being, you know, yet another three day weekend and also usually being around my birthday. But um, as far as the uh, birthday celebrations that I had yesterday, didn't really do a whole lot. Went to, um, so I went to the Mississippi Museum of Art, which, um, you know, as far as birthday activities go, maybe a little boring for some, but hey, what can I say? This might be a controversial opinion, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think art is cool. I know. I know. Don't don't get your pitchforks out too fast, but <laughs> I I've always been a, an artsy fartsy person, and I like going to museums. And I actually haven't been to the museum here in Jackson like at all. I went one time for a wedding because sometimes they have weddings in there, but I never actually went through like any of the exhibits or anything like that. So I thought, you know, I mean, it's my birthday, it's my day. So what better day to do that than uh, yesterday? So we went through. Try my best to look at everything. The Mississippi Museum of Art isn't that big. It is uh, just one story. And then they have kind of like a permanent collection and they have like a rotating collection. Um, And it's just one floor. And there's also like an outdoor area that has some art installations, but we didn't really look at that. Um, And so, again, tried my best to look at everything. All the art was really nice. There were some... I I don't want to be mean, but you know know those... those, um, those paintings or drawings or whatever that people make and 
kind of put online and being like, this is the mind of a schizophrenic, that kind of stuff, which honestly, I really hate it when people do that. It's so lame and just like come up with something else, come up with something new, like nine times out of 10, the person who made it has no real mental health issues aside from being a little sad sometimes. But um, there's definitely some of that stuff. Honestly, I do kind of like art like that. As you know, from a from an artistic perspective, it is pretty cool. But from a, you know, people love to just use mental illness and art as like a, I don't know, clickbait, I guess. I don't even know what you would call it, but it's mad annoying when people do that. So if you're if you're watching and you do that, maybe stop. That's not that's not great. But um there's some of that kind of stuff. There was okay, so I'm not, you know, I, I used to not even I used to. I don't really know. I'm not in the art scene. Let me let me put it that way. I'm not in the art scene aside from, you know, taking art classes in school and stuff like that and knowing and recognizing some, you know, pretty prominent artists. I, I didn't really recognize most of the works that were in there. Um, there was one Georgia O'Keeffe painting, which I was so surprised to see. I can't <laughs> I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't a flower one. It was like um, a tree or something. Um, so I was very surprised to see that. Um, I'm trying to think. Of course, I mean, being that we are in Jackson, there were quite a few Eudora Welty photographs, which I was for, you know, she was primarily a writer, but she also had um, a very short stint as a photographer in the mid and post-Depression era. And so um, I do kind of have an anecdote about Eudora Welty photographs, which I told my mom about it as we were um, walking through and looking at some of them. So I don't know how to like explain this without like doxing where I used to work. But where I used to work, they were in the process of opening up a school, which they ended up opening up the school. But it, it's a whole long story. I'm not going to get into it. But in the process of trying to open up a school, they were trying to look for a building to put the school in because even though they were kind of down to the wire, they still didn't have like an actual physical school building, even though they had like however many acres of land up in the middle of nowhere, like, <gasps> which, okay, that might've been too much. I might have to edit that out. Up in the middle of nowhere around here in this area, um, they did not have the funds to build a school there because who knew it took money to build a school, you guys. Oh my goodness. Like, whoa, who knew it took planning and thought and uh, deliberation and effort to make a school? Who knew that? <laughs> Anyways, um, they were looking at some building to house a school in, and I'm not really sure. I guess it used to hold some some kind of officers or something. I really don't know the details to even tell you guys, but in looking at that, they were I think they were getting close to negotiations of actually buying the building, and um, they were able to get some furniture out of the building. That's what it was. They were able to get some furniture out of the building, whether they were buying it or not. Um, unclear. I mean, the school is open and it's not in that building, so that should tell you what happened. But um, in, you know, clearing out this building and giving away this furniture to my former employer, they were able to obtain for, I mean, basically free, I don't think they paid for them, some original, like two or three original Eudora Welty photographs and you know they're real because they have each one of her pictures is like um it's numbered so it's like something out of I think maybe 70 or something like that basically each of the prints of her pictures is numbered and it was it was a legitimate like genuine Eudora Welty picture which I mean you know Eudora Welty she's bigger around here in the Jackson area and I guess in Mississippi um not maybe not necessarily listen I I mean again I'm not really like into super into like art in you know in to be able to know this for any amount of certainty but um I mean who's a who's a famous photographer see I can't even name any famous photographers <laughs> um oh gosh uh, Annie Leibovitz it's not like it's a it's an original Annie Leibovitz or anything like that which I mean anyways but still I thought it's a pretty big deal that they were able to obtain I want to say two or three original Eudora Welty photographs and now they just have them probably sitting in a closet somewhere which um I think you know and yet another hot take but I think art is meant to be looked at not meant to be you know stowed away 
which I get that even, you know, museums with large permanent collections physically cannot, you know, display every single work that they have because they literally don't have the square footage or the wall space to do so. But still, you know, the fact that they were able to get those pictures and like to have them rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I just really didn't like working there or what, but that's my little anecdote <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, aside from Georgia O'Keeffe and Eudora Walty, there weren't really a whole lot of names that I recognized, but I still liked the majority of stuff that was there. I uh, really made you think, you know, I love it. I love it when I, when a picture makes my brain cells go, you know? So, um, honestly, I do want to go back to the art museum because in November, they're going to have a freaking Picasso exhibit. And it's like, it's Pablo Picasso. Like, hello. Like, come on. Even even me, casual art enjoyer, knows that Picasso, pretty big deal. Pretty big, big, oh gosh, mouth. Pretty big deal. Um, but I would say if, if I had to like pick, you know, a type or an era of art that I would like to see the most in person, I would say probably... You know, anything by, like, 16th century, that be correct, 16th century or 17th century? 1600s to 1700s, um, Dutch and Flemish painters. I've always, like, really been kind of enamored by that whole genre of works, but especially by Vermeer. Um, I actually, I saw the movie Vermeer, not when it came out, because it came out in, like, 2005, and I would have been five years old. But um, I saw it. I don't know, on Netflix or something. No, I saw it first because I was at home and it was playing on one of like the premium cable channels. And I'm like, this is, they made a movie about Johannes Vermeer. That's interesting. Um, specific, it's called, I believe it's called Girl in the Pearl Earring. And it's about like Vermeer's like muse played by Scarlett Johansson. And I forgot who plays Vermeer, but he's like a famous like hot guy actor. Um, and so I ended up watching it and it's not that good of a movie, guys. I have to be honest. It's not that good of a movie. But I will say this. Visually, it is stunning because each scene of the film is like framed and lit like a Vermeer painting, which I have to appreciate, even though the movie itself was just kind of boring and not super exciting. Um, so, yeah, I would say watch Vermeer. You can watch Vermeer muted or it's not even called Vermeer. At least I don't think it's called Vermeer. I believe it's called Girl with Pearl Earring. You can watch that movie on mute and just, you know, enjoy the the visuals. Yeah. Oh, no, it actually came out in 2003. So I would have been even younger <laughs> when it came out. Um, so, yeah, it's got. Um, OK, this says 2003. This says 2004. It came out in the early 2000s. And it stars um, Scarlett Johansson. And I'm trying to figure out who else is in it. Colin Firth. Is he a famous hot guy actor, actually? I don't know about that. That's probably up to personal taste. Do you think Colin Firth is hot? Let me know in the comments. Colin, we're standing by. Is Colin, <laughs> is Colin Firth hot or not? <laughs> okay. To somebody. To somebody. Speaking of September birthdays, I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now. His birthday is September 10th. Shout out. See, shout out to the September birthdays. You know, this just so is Scarlett Johansson born in September too? No, she's born in November. Wow, serendipitous. Anyways, so that was that was my trip to the museum. It was pretty nice. Um, later that evening, my mom had texted me. Um, I want to say like last week or something like that, because I hadn't I hadn't really made any like solid plans for my birthday because I legitimately just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, be like, oh, we're gonna go to a fancy restaurant. I'm like. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really respond because I, I don't know. These fancy restaurants don't really, not that they don't appeal to me. It's just that, I don't know, they're just kind of okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, someone who's on my head to go to, like, a fancy restaurant. A restaurant with good food, yes, but not all fancy restaurants have good food, let me tell you. And so I went to this one that's in, like, a bougie little new development shopping center around here where all of the menu items are, like, over $15.00 actually over $20, aside from, like, the appetizers and stuff like that, and I got um, pan-seared redfish because I didn't want to, it was a steak place, and I, I don't know if I, I didn't want to eat a steak at that hour, so I got, got pan-seared fish instead. The fish was fine. It came with broccoli, and, you know, for 
I want to say that dish was like $32. For $32, I want roasted broccoli. I don't want it steamed. I don't want it the worst way that you can make a vegetable, okay? Like, I don't know if it's more cost effective or if it's faster or something like that. Because I will say our food did come out pretty fast, you know, especially considering the restaurant was moderately packed. I'll say that. The the food came out really fast. The service was fine. Um, but for $32, I want a little salt and pepper on my vegetables. Like, there was nothing on. It was plain steamed broccoli just appalling for that price a little appalling and steamed like okay whatever you can steam a vegetable if you want but put some seasoning on there put some flavor on there please like (laughs) that's the reason why most people don't like vegetables is because they never had it prepared the correct way the only correct way okay i won't say the only correct way there's probably a lot of correct ways to to make broccoli but my preferred way to make broccoli is to roast it because, you know, it retains, well, first of all, not only roasting it, but putting a little salt and pepper on it. Like, that's that's the bare minimum that you have to do. Olive oil, salt and pepper in the oven for 120 minutes. Literally so easy. If you want to eat more vegetables and you don't know how or you just don't know how, I guess, um, olive oil, salt and pepper, 420 minutes. You can do that with basically any vegetable and it'll come out so delicious. Like you can switch up your oils a little bit because my my little secret, my little life hack for cooking broccoli is to use toasted sesame oil because it has kind of a different flavor to it than like plain olive oil. And it turns out fantastically. So toasted sesame oil, salt and pepper, 400 degrees in the oven, 20 minutes. You're looking at a delicious batch of roasted vegetables i did not get that at that very expensive very dark restaurant yesterday which was a little bit disappointing i'm not gonna lie but you know the the experience i guess was nice i don't know i don't know if i would ever go back there because i certainly wasn't paying for it because number one i'm the birthday girl and birthday girl doesn't pay for anything okay and um again it was really expensive for what i got which was kind of mid like i (laughs) I gotta admit, it was a little mid. I hate to say it to him, but sorry. It was it was a teeny weeny bit mid. Um, at least roast the vegetables next time. Like, come on, guys. I mean, I guess their main their main thing, being that it is a you know steak restaurant, was the steak, and I didn't get the steak at the steak place. Oopsie daisy. Um, maybe my fault on that. Maybe their steak is great. Maybe it's great, but it's also forty dollars and. Um, even though I wasn't paying for it, I wasn't about to make my mom pay $40 for food. It just wasn't about to be something that I was going to do. Even if it was the birthday and I was the birthday girl and the birthday girl doesn't pay for anything, I wasn't about to make somebody else pay $40 for like a steak. That wasn't, it feels a little, it feel, it, it would make me feel a little bit bad. I'm not going to lie. So that, um, that was, that was, that was my birthday experience and it went pretty well. Um, you know, I will say, I was still kind of thinking about, we'll always be talking about my birthday last year because it was just so, so much fun. And um, I didn't really ask for anything for my birthday because, I mean, maybe, I don't think it's necessarily because I am 24 now, hold for applause. Um, but also, I just, I don't really want things like that anymore because, like, I work full-time now. I, I make full-time money. And if I want something, then I can just buy it. Like, it's really that simple these days. So I don't really ask my parents to buy me things anymore. However, that's not necessarily true. If it's, like, really expensive, then maybe I will. Like, um, I need to get my windshield replaced. And the quote that I was given was, like, six hundred over $600, which I sort of kind of can't afford at this juncture. But um, my parents said they would have been willing to pay for it. However, I told them to hold off on it. Actually, no, I didn't tell them to hold off on it. They told me to hold off on it, so never mind. That's another thing uh, entirely. But usually I like to pay for things myself, but um, especially considering most of the expenses, most of the expenses as it relates to my car are paid for by not me. Um, yeah. Anywho, how? Um, I don't really ask for things 
for I mean I might I might ask for something for Christmas just so that they have something to get me. I okay, this is gonna sound very extremely domestic of me, but I have really been wanting a cordless vacuum. I think it would be so great to have a cordless vacuum. I just really want a cordless vacuum. They're kind of expensive, they're like two hundred dollars. And I'm not the kind of person who would spend that much money on a single item. So that's why I haven't really bought it. And also I just feel like I should probably save my money instead of spending it on a cordless vacuum when I have a perfectly good, perfectly fine functioning vacuum now. It just, I think it would be nice to have a cordless vacuum. It would really, it really up the cleaning experience, you know, really enhance it. So, um, I think I might ask for that for Christmas, but anyways, I did get a gift from my dad, which honestly I was so surprised because my dad didn't even tell me he was like getting me anything or he didn't even ask me if I wanted anything too. Um, but he got me like this little, um, it's like a, it's a purse, but you can also wear it as like a backpack and it's like black and like, I think maybe full leather or something like that. I don't know what the brand is cause I didn't really pay attention to it. It's not like name brand or anything like that. Um, but it would make a really nice travel bag if you're like going places and need like a really practical bag for like being out on the town somewhere, you know? Um, so that's what he got me. Honestly, okay, so as I've been saying, or maybe I only mentioned it once on the podcast, but I've been playing Animal Crossing a lot recently. And in the game, there's like a white, like drawstring bag, like backpack bag. And it's almost identical to that, but it's black. So if you had to conjure up an image in your mind, of what it looks like, that's what it was. And my mom, uh, knowing me so well, gave me some cold hard cash and um, she's also spending time with me this over this weekend, which I consider to be a gift because, you know, we are geographically separated and um, yeah, we don't really get to see each other that much because I don't travel home really very often. I haven't been home since at all in the year of our Lord 2023. Yeah, because I didn't I wasn't there for New Year's because I left after that after Christmas because um, I had to work at my lame job that I hated. And, um, yeah, I haven't been home since 2022, so, but my mom's been here a few times because I have, you know, a decent chunk of family here, so it's, it's been nice to, uh, spend time with me mom. So, um, yeah, I guess that'll, that'll conclude birthday talk. That was my birthday. Those were my birthday activities, my birthday festivities. I am no longer the birthday girl, but, you know, it, it will always be my birthday in my heart. That doesn't make sense, but, um, yeah. So last week, was it last week? Maybe it was. When was August 25th? Cause that, that's when it was. That was, that wasn't last week. Cause it's Sunday. So it would have been the week before last. So the week before last, I traveled down to New Orleans with, for what I think will be my final concert of the year because my final concert that I'll be traveling for anyways, there's probably going to be some stuff here in Jackson that'll go to um, between now and whenever the next out of town concert for me will be, but, um, went down to sunny New Orleans, sunny and humid New Orleans to, uh, see Bless the Fall for the 10th anniversary of their album Hollow Bodies, which was a whole lot of fun. I, um, the drive down there was kind of brutal because I made the mistake of eating before I left. So I wouldn't have to worry about finding food in New Orleans. That would probably be really expensive. Um, and so I got, I got a little bit sleepy, got a little bit sleepy on the drive down there, had to stop at a sketchy gas station off a sketchy exit to get an energy drink. And it did absolutely nothing for me. So that was so much fun. Um, but you know, by then I was sort of halfway there. So like, you know, I only had a, a th- maybe an hour and a half to go, maybe, an hour and a half to go before I, I reach my destination. And so, you know, I I do like being in New Orleans. Some Sometimes I would rather, you know, spend a more, I don't know, significant amount of time there to like do stuff. Because I mean, when I go places for concerts, I don't really leave my hotel like that. I just kind of, you know, make it to the hotel maybe a couple hours before the show. And then you know, maybe an hour before, go to the place to line up, have the concert, concert ends at middle of the night, fall asleep, wake up, leave before checkout time. And that is, that is the duration of 
my time spent in the city aside from last year. Well, actually, no, two times aside from last year, because before I left Memphis, I obviously had to go to the sixth largest pyramid in the world because, duh, it's a great experience. And then uh, my first, oh, well, no, my only time going to Little Rock. I was supposed to go there two times. I only went there once. My f- only time going to Little Rock, um, we spent some time doing other stuff in the city because, I mean, there was, it was more than just me that time. So I felt somewhat more comfortable being in an unfamiliar place, going unfamiliar places um, because it wasn't just me. So yeah, the, those are good times. However, I, the thing is, I just, I don't want to like dilly dally or I guess procrastinate getting on the road because I, I really don't like driving long distances. It just sucks. I just don't like it. It's exhausting, even though, you know, realistically you're just sitting there, but you have to be hyper aware of your surroundings because if you aren't, you'll get in a car accident and perish. Um, and also I just, I think I have a little bit of driving anxiety Like, I am definitely more comfortable of a driver now than I was when I first started. Um, But driving does still make me just a little bit nervous. And, you know, I just just don't like driving as well. It's just not a fun thing for me. I wish, you know, that we had a more robust um, interstate train system aside from the one we have now. I could have taken the train from Jackson to New Orleans because there is a direct route there and it would have taken like an hour longer than driving which I wouldn't have ma- it, w- it wouldn't have really mattered to me because I mean I'm not driving and also I'm on a train never been on a train before still never been on a train um so I think it would have been it would have been a more enjoyable experience um flying for such a short distance to me seems first of all expensive and also just it's really not that far from here in New Orleans. It's like, what, a three-hour drive? Which, I mean, I say not that far. It, it isn't that far, but for a plane, I feel like that's... You're, if you're taking a plane, you're, like, going across the country, you know? Or to, like, a different country. I mean, those are the only instances where I've been on a plane anyway. So, you know, I don't, I don't get on planes to go to the neighboring state. Because, again, expensive and also... It just feels like overkill to me. Um, I mean... Could I have taken a bus? Yes. But was I going to take the Greyhound from here to New Orleans? I think not. Listen, there are people who rely on the bus system, the Greyhound bus system, to travel between states. But I just, I don't know. There's something about being on a bus that's like, it's like being on a New York City subway at midnight, but for like 15 hours. Like it, the vibes, the vibes seem to be off. And like, I've never taken the Greyhound before. I hope I don't have to ever take a Greyhound, but it's just, I don't know, man. It, it feels weird, especially as a solo traveler. I do not recommend it. I don't recommend taking a Greyhound going anywhere. Like if you're on a bus full of people that you know. So like I, I, I was on a bus from Alabama to New York city and that took roughly 12 hours. But of course it was a school trip and it was like me and all my classmates and people that I went to school with. So, you know, it was kind of fine. But being on a bus full of strangers, I don't know, man. That that's a it's a bridge too far for me. So I just wish there were better options than driving for going great distances, but alas, there are not because I live in the United States and our infrastructure sucks. Which begs the question, you know, formerly Mayor Pete, like what is he doing? What what's he doing over there? You know? Like what what is his job? Like, like, uh, oh, and another thing that I learned, actually, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard it during a meeting at work. So I'm going to assume it is because of the nature of my job. But I heard that Southwest is getting rid of their like cheapest, um, like ticket price, the want to get away one, which I've only ever, aside from one time in the few times that I've flown, I fly Southwest and I was supposed to go to. Um, Miami for my dad's birthday earlier this year and that ended up not happening for a variety of reasons but um I mean now I guess the the money that I have left over from canceling my flight that's only good for like one ticket not even a round trip so that's a little disappointing I honestly I really wish I could have got that money back but you know given their stupid lame policies I can't it's just locked up in Southwest Airlines credits I guess And I just, I'm never going to see that $340 again. And I paid for that myself. My dad didn't even pay for that. So I kind of want my money back. I could really use $340 right now. You know, 
So anyways, um, that's a little annoying. It's just things suck. But anyways, I haven't even talked about the actual concert itself. Okay, so I um, stand in line uh, about an hour before the doors open because I, I just need to secure that barrier spot. As someone, again, I've said this many times and I will continue to say it, but as someone who is as short as me, you know, being in a venue and you know, having to deal with a phalanx of six foot tall men, it's just, it's not a good idea. Like when I saw Era in Birmingham last year, that was kind of what I was dealing with because I was like two layers of people back and I just ended up barely seeing the show, which is a little annoying, but um, it is what it is. I, I gotta do what I gotta do to secure that barrier spot. And so far for the last like few concerts that I've been to, I've had really good visuals because let's see, this one, I was at the barrier, the last one, which was also in New Orleans, I think. Was it? Yeah. Animals as Leaders concert. That was um, Juneteenth. That was uh, in, I mean, it was the same venue. It was the House of Blues. So, and also there's barely anybody there and I got there fairly early. So I was able to get the barrier spot to get the best seat in the house. The time before that, Honestly, I'm confused because I, I can't even remember who I've seen this year. That's crazy. I'm going to have to go through my email to actually see. Um, I have a whole folder for all my concert tickets. So let's see. Bless the Fall, Animals as Leaders. I didn't see that one. Okay, so for when I went to see Bad Omens, I wasn't like trying to get up to the front for them because I just knew that was not going to happen. Um, but for the openers... Uh, era and invent animate who else was opening lord i can't remember <laughs> but for the openers of bad omens i did try to i did try my best to get as close to the front as possible and that worked out for me who did i see before that um what's this for august burns red i was up in the mezzanine so i got a really good view um even though in that section of that venue, I mean, it's not like assigned seating in the upper level. You kind of have to just get there early to secure that barrier spot. Um, let me see. What is this? Okay, that's that. What is, what is this? Is that the same thing? What is this? Oh, that was when I was supposed to see under. There's like two... There's, there's a couple of, of things in here that I never actually got to go to. And then, okay, so that's technically last year. But for most of the most of the concerts that I've been to this year, I've been able to get pretty good viewing area for it, which I know is, like, pretty rare. So, you know, got to count my blessings here. But I think I did pretty well getting there on time. I think I was, like, third in line as well, which is kind of crazy. Um, I guess people weren't lining up down the block to see Bless the Fall, which is a little sad. You know, they're not a ticky-tocky band, so they're not going to be breaking any records, unfortunately. But, I, you know, I have to, I have to, I think I might have said this in my last podcast episode as well, but I kind of have to hand it to Bless the Fall because they, they were, to me anyways, kind of a big deal, especially with like their first couple of albums. Those, I mean, Witness and uh, His Last Walk, those are like, those are, that's a pretty big deal, I think, in the scene. So, you know, and also the fact that for like a good hot second there, like we all collectively thought they had broken up and were like not a thing anymore. I was posting RIP Bless the Fall on Twitter.com thinking they would never get back together. And, you know, here they are back together. New single, new music soon, maybe. Um, anniversary tour. You know, and they sounded great too. They sounded pretty great. Um, so that was that was a enjoyable experience. So what they did for this for which I've seen so for when I when I did see um why am I blank the Devil Wears Prada um for I don't know if it was an anniversary, but they were playing or they were allegedly playing um their zombie EPs in full. But they didn't play them in order. So they didn't play Zombie in order and then Zombie 2 in order. They played songs from both of the albums in like a weird collection with like some other of their greatest hits and some new music. So it wasn't like um, 
it wasn't, you know, those two EPs in sequence at all, which I, was a little confusing for me, I'm not going to lie, but ended up being fine anyways. Um, and then, ooh, 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 I'm so mad about this. I'm not mad. I'm just sad. I'm just sad and I'm disappointed and I wish I lived somewhere else, you know, but, oh, man, I... This one, this one tears me up on the inside, man. I'm just, you know, if you get to, if you get to witness this in person, Bessie, I'm so happy for you. I hope you have a great time. But August Burns Red is going to be performing my favorite album by them, Rescue and Re- Rescue and Restore, in full, hopefully in order. <laughs> um, I don't know when that tour started, but gosh, I remember when that was like announced and I'm like, ah, Rescue and Restore. I love that album. That's my favorite album. It holds a lot of significance for me, only to see that they'll be coming nowhere near me, not even back to Little Rock. That was, that was, that was a, that was a punch to the gut, a punch to the kidneys, a spin kick in the pit to the kidneys, you know, that, that, that broke my heart. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was a little heartbroken seeing that because, you know, that. I do really love that album, and I would have loved to see it played in full. I mean, they played songs from it um, from or on, you know, their 20th anniversary tour, which I thought was really nice. They especially played Spirit Breaker, which, you know, is a great song. Always always gives me goosebumps when I listen to it, like, without fail. And so I was was just torn up inside. But anyways, (laughs) all that to say is that Bless the Fall performed Hollow Bodies, the album, back to front plus some other like encore type songs, which I mean, Hollow Bodies is only what, maybe 40 minutes long, maybe 30 minutes long, something like that. It's not the, it's not a super long album. So, and I also, I kind of cheated a little bit. I don't normally do this, but I looked up the set list prior to going and I'm just looking up how, how long this album is. It is, well, it's 46 minutes. So a decent, a decent amount, but not like an entire set length you know so they played that in full they played their new single wake the dead they played something from their most recent album that i didn't really recognize and most importantly to me because i had said right here on this very podcast if they played anything from witness i would be a happy person and they played 2.0 into what's left to me as well as hey baby here's that song you wanted and i was living my life oh that got me together and that was at the very end, too. It was like, ah, oh, it's great. And I got a lot of it on video. So if I ever want to revisit the moment, I can, even though the video is very shaky because I was, again, living my life, getting myself together. Yeah, that was great. Those, 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 well, I guess technically three. I'll say two. Those two songs aren't like my favorite off that album. I guess they're the most popular. But honestly, anything after, um, if we're talking about Witness, anything after... Where where is the album? There we go. Anything after anything after Hey Baby, there's a here's that song you wanted. Those are like my favorite tracks off the album, like Witness. The last one's left is just fine. 590. We'll sleep when we're dead. Skinwalkers. You deserve no nothing, and I hope you get less and stay still. That whole like second half of that album is so, so strong. Honestly, the whole album is full of no skips, but that second half of Witness is just chef's kiss and um it was it was really nice to hear those songs I didn't really talk about the openers all that much I kind of low-key didn't know who was opening until (laughs) until I got there but um I guess I'll just go through it I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look up the the set list again because I done forgot is this in there okay so the first band that went on was dragged under I let me see I'm trying to I thought they were fine. That's it. I just thought they were fine. <laughs> That's all I could really say. And then um, Kingdom, of G- Kingdom of Giants came on. And I'm somewhat familiar with them. I don't know if I've ever heard any songs by them. But I feel like as they were playing, I like I heard some that I recognized. So it, it must have like come up on a Spotify radio at some point recently for me to recognize it. But I really like their energy. That was really great. Caskets. These guys are from the UK, Leeds. That's what he said. He's from Leeds. Couldn't point that out on a map, but I am an American and geography is not our strong suit. It's in the UK, though. <laughs> um, I thought they were great. They sounded great. Honestly, it reminded me a little bit of issues with less like unclean vocals, which I mean, an issues comparison can either be really insulting or like 
just fine. That depends on your opinion of issues. I'm gonna say less, less hip hop influence, but similar vocals and similar, maybe not songwriting, but I'll say the vocals are similar. The front man of, of, of Caskets, he, he got a good voice. I'll say that. And so there were about three openers. And the first one was just okay. The next two were amazing. And then Bless the Fall went on. And we all had a great time. I will say this. Um, it wasn't particularly hot in New Orleans. In fact, it was hotter here when I left than it was when I like actually got to New Orleans. It might have been more humid. But I mean, they're literally by the water. So what what, what can you expect? It's it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Um, but it was only about 95 degrees when we got down there, which honestly it felt, I'm not gonna lie, it did not feel good outside. It was so, it, it was unbearably humid. But um, the inside of the venue was, I think, adequately, you know, air conditioned. When I, okay, so this is the, the House of Blues in New Orleans that I'm talking about. When I was there the first time to see Animals as Leaders, it was basically refrigerated. It was cold. Like, I was shivering. Like, I was like, man, they got the AC on in here. Um, and then when I went uh, the second time, this, this past time, you know, it wasn't like, I wasn't like sweating, sweating. But, you know, I wasn't also shivering. It was like, it was just fine to me anyways. And also, like, I was kind of used to, especially last year, I don't know what, what it was about, about the places that I went last year. Like, collectively, all of their ACs were, like, broken. But it was so hot. <laughs> At the venues that I went to last year, like, I was buckets of sweat. Like, sweating so much. Sweating all of the liquids out of my body. Like, it was kind of crazy. But the House of Blues was not experiencing that. However... Um, one person like fell out. They didn't like pass out or anything like that. They just kind of like, they didn't collapse either. They just kind of, I don't know. The only way I could describe is that they fell out. Really unfortunate. They had to like, his pal had to like get him and they had to leave. And I don't think I saw them for like the rest of the show. So that was definitely probably not a pleasant experience. And then, um, I think the security was very... I don't know, vigilant about the moshing going on because there was there was a lot of moshing going on. Duh, this is a metal show. Um, and there's also a decent amount of crowd surfing. And I feel like, you know, being that I was up at the barriage just watching like all the security people just like eyeing the crowd being like trying to, I don't know, I guess make sure it's not getting too intense in the pit. But I will say this. I think, you know, we as a community of metalheads can self-regulate pretty well. Like this isn't, oh gosh, I don't want to go here, but this isn't, you know, a rap concert um, where apparently people mosh at rap shows. I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently it is. But, you know, you know, hip hop heads don't exactly have the same decorum as metal heads do when it comes to moshing in that we're, it's going to be intense, but you're not going to suffer serious injury. Like if you fall in the pit, someone will pick you up. You know, if it's too much for you, you'll, you'll be able to like get out. So like there have definitely been a lot of really bad incidents at rap shows where there have been pits of some sort and people have gotten very injured or uh, in a couple of occasions have died and um in this case I saw one girl kind of getting led out maybe she got hit or something like that I don't know but I don't think it was it wasn't really that much incident you know if, if it is your first time moshing like it might be a little bit intense but like it's part of the reason why you won't see me in a pit like because I, I already know I probably can't handle it so you know I, I know to stay away. And uh, I also know what goes on in the pit. You might catch an elbow. You might catch a heel. You might catch it, not catch a body, like kill someone, but you might, you might get landed on by a, a big six foot tall man going and fighting invisible ninjas in the pit, you know? And I don't, I, I know I'm not ready for that. So I don't engage in it, but you know, it's always fun to watch, though. I'll say that. Being on the edge of a pit, not like the direct edge where I can, like, get ran into, but being on the edge of a pit, always a great time. Not being in it, being on the edge. On the edge of glory, one might even say. Um, I, I love watching a pit. I love watching a good circle pit. I love watching a good wall of death. I love watching people just flailing, basically whacking, but, like, sort of different. Um, it's always a good time. And, you know, it's always a good time at these shows. I had a great time. 
I, you know, sang along to some of my favorite songs because I will say, you know, even going as far back as like high school or something like that, Hollow Bodies, the song was like one of my favorite songs. Anytime it would come on, crank it way up, you know, the, the picture of the person and it's like zoomed in and they're cranking it up and the kid is like listening and like, you know, yelling that that's me. Anytime Hollow Bodies came, comes on and that was me when they performed Hollow Bodies, the song. Um, it truly is one of my favorite songs. I just, it instant mood, not regulator, but instant mood raiser, like any, just, just, it's a great song. I love that song and it's a great album as well. Um, you know, I may not love it as much as I do witness, which I guess I missed the mark for a, a 10 year anniversary witness, um, tour, which I don't even know if they did one. However, if they would have done one, it would have been in 2019, and, um, I mean, this was back when I was, you know, still in college. Broke Tina uh, wouldn't have had the money to go to a concert anyways. So, you know, now that I do have the resources, however, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this is definitely going to be my last concert. Not because there aren't any more concerts, but because my coins aren't stacking like they need to be. So I just need to, like, chill for a second on the going places. You know, I that's it's going to be it for me until, like... Next year, you know, I my coins need to stack up a little bit more if I'm going to be going places. So, you know, <laughs> or, you know, maybe I just need to travel with other people so that the, the cost is shared a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I had a great time and um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot. Didn't get a guitar pick. I really wanted to get a guitar pick. People were getting guitar picks. I was not one of those people. I would have liked a guitar pick because, you know. I mean, this wasn't on my birthday, but my favorite birthday gift ever, even though it probably was a an unintentional one, is getting a guitar pick from Jeremy from um, The Devil Wears Prada. It felt very special, you know? That was nice. I still have it. It's still on my dresser. It's still a plain yellow guitar pick, not even, like, branded or anything like that. Just, like, you know, a random guitar pick brand, I guess. Um, but that was really nice. That I will, I will hold on to that in my heart. And I know one of these days I'm going to like move out of this apartment. I'm going to have to put <laughs> that guitar pick like in a, in a safe or something just so that I don't lose it. So I can, you know, hold on to that because that was really special. What can I say? It was really special. So yeah, that was really nice. Um, I did say I was bursting out the seams with, with topics, with the main two topics that I had were my birthday and going to see Blessed Fall. But I will say this, um, to move a little bit away from things that are exclusively about me, there are some interesting things. I'll, I'll say there are interesting things going on on, on YouTube.com about this whole eight passengers thing because I've been following this, you know, ever since it kind of dropped that the, uh, the crazy mom, what's her name, Ruby Frank or Frankie. I keep hearing Frank and Frankie when it comes to how to pronounce her last name. But Ruby, the mom from Eight Passengers, got arrested for child abuse. And it's crazy. Not just her, but her little co-host of um, this, like, YouTube channel that she had after Eight Passengers um, called Connections or Moms of Truth or something like that. Um, her name was Jody Hildebrandt, and she got arrested as well because happened okay so the the details are a little bit nebulous and honestly by the time this video comes out there'll probably be a whole lot more details or this podcast episode comes out there'll probably be way more details so I guess I can only really talk about it surface level because I don't really know everything right now but essentially a kid escaped from Jody Hildebrandt's house with like wounds and duct tape on their arms and legs and they were emaciated and now um both Jody and Ruby have been charged with like six counts of child abuse which is crazy because aside from like maybe daddy of five and that one other like smaller but still equally as weird um family channel Oh man, I was literally just watching like a uh, iceberg of YouTube controversies and that was on there and I g genuinely cannot remember. The Five Awesome Kids, 
or something like that. But there's been a number of like smaller family channels, less publicized family channels. I will say that I have had the adults behind them get arrested for serious crimes against the children. But um, I will say aside from like the daddy of five thing, because I feel like, you know, because I was regularly watching Philip DeFranco at the time, um, I heard about it a lot more. And then, you know, the the commentary YouTubers kind of got their claws on uh, eight passengers. And that's how we heard a lot about that. But I don't know, the eight passengers one feels a little different to me because it was I mean, all of them were always kind of like not great because family channels at all are just like kind of terrible. Not going to lie. They're not the best content. They're kind of, they kind of suck. They kind of all suck. But um, the, the eight passengers one was a little bit different because there was a little, a little religious twist, I think. Actually, let me not say that because I don't even know if that was the case or not. There might have been there might have been some undertones there. Um, but there's definitely, you know, a whole lot of that under underpinning a lot of what was going on in the channel and, you know the the one about talking about her sending her son off to a wilderness camp for playing a prank on the younger brother which i'm not gonna lie I, a lot of people were kind of downplaying the severity of the prank but for some reason i think we as like a society and a culture brush off a lot of like I'm going to call it sibling violence because it feels like violence to me, but we are really okay with that for some reason. Like, it just is treated as normal. I don't think it should be. Like, listen, is, you know, telling your younger brother that you're going to Disneyland and making him pack a suitcase at like 3 a.m. tantamount to like breaking their nose? No. But to me, it feels like, it still feels like straight up bullying, especially when you're like a whole teenager doing this to like someone who's, I don't know, less than 13 or less than 10 years old. So, I don't know. It, it felt really messed up to me. But still, the answer to that was not sending the kid off to a wilderness camp and, like, taking their bed away. You know? There there were other options that could have been um, explored. But, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric within um, really uber-religious communities, and not even just Christianity, but, you know most of them that really, um, how can I put this, really value parents having total control over their children and basically treating children like second-class citizens, which I don't think is a good thing. Big surprise there. But I don't know. It just takes it to the extreme. You know, calling, you know. I mean, this is, of course, in the more extreme veil but also I think what the eight passengers mom was doing and was telling other parents to do was like really extreme but there is this book called to train up a child by the pearls um it's a husband and wife duo and I can't remember their first names but essentially it you know advocates for spanking infants like literal babies like arm babies that can't comprehend oh I just peeked there a little bit sorry about that can't comprehend what's going on really um blanket training which is you know putting a kid on a blanket and putting toys like outside of a blanket and if they try to reach for the toy you basically smack them which again is a lot for literal babies who can't even walk I mean not even saying that if they can walk it's like fine but honestly I think any kind of physical punishment against your children is like way messed up I was never, you know, growing up, I was never spanked or anything like that. So, but I do know people who were, and let me tell you, they did not end up fine. They did not end up fine. You know, you were not spanked and turned out okay. So, because you're, you're willing to do that to your own children. So clearly you're not okay. But um, yeah, a lot of crazy, crazy practices. There was a, a clip that I saw recently from, uh, I think it was... So I don't know what's going on with um, the mom from Eight Passengers, Ruby, but she's had like a few like ventures at this point because there's been Eight Passengers, there's Connections, there's Moms of Truth, and I think there's like another thing as well. Again, I don't have all the details, but um, essentially a mom had like submitted a, a question for Ruby to help her out being like, hey, my, my daughter, she has an eating disorder. And she didn't tell me, like, where did I go wrong? Like, how did I, how did I lose my daughter's trust like that? Which, you know, is a, 
I think a valid concern to have, you know, that if your kid is hiding something so severe from you, you might want to wonder like where you went wrong. But essentially Ruby said like, no, you didn't get wrong. Your daughter was deceitful and a liar and all this crazy stuff about a little kid with an eating disorder. So, you know, the fact that these people got arrested for pretty serious child abuse is not surprising. I'm going to say it's not surprising because, you know, if if you if you're not super familiar with eight passengers, I'm doing a horrible job of, you know, explaining the situation. So all I can say is like there are Jay Aubrey made a video about it um some time ago actually, kind of going over all of their transgressions. And I will say it used to be a husband and wife, so it was Ruby and her husband, whose name I literally can't remember, but as far as I know, the husband, because he's been separated from his wife for some time now, even though he's totally complicit in all the stuff that was going on, he hasn't been arrested because he likely just, you know, wasn't really involved with his kids anymore. Um, and also, another thing to point out is that the kids have spoken out about this. There's the oldest daughter again, whose name I can't remember. I just can't remember names. I can't keep any names upstairs. But the daughter, before all this has happened, has spoken out against her mom. Um, the son, I don't know if the son is like an adult yet or not. But I would imagine, I would imagine he would be because I feel like when the um, getting sent off to a wilderness camp thing happened, he was like 16 or 17, maybe. And that was a few years ago. But maybe he just wants to stay out of the public eye after being foisted into it unwillingly by his parents, which, you know, understandable. And then, you know, all of this just makes me remember the, um, was it Vice? Was that Vice? I think it was Vice. Was it? Yes, it was Vice. Okay, so Vice made a documentary on the whole John and K plus eight situation, which I thought was really nicely done. And um, the kids, two of the kids, two of the um, sex tuplets spoke out about, you know, what it was like to be on the show and John as well, which honestly, I wasn't super old when the John and Kate plus eight thing like fell apart. Um, I might've still been in elementary school, but even back then, I remember that John, the husband was like painted to be the villain by like everybody. And I remember even me being like, oh man, this is a bad guy. When, you know, even though he, he is on some level complicit because, you know, he is the one who, agreed to having his family shown on television for God knows how long, um, probably over a decade, something like that. A long time. We'll say a long time. Um, I am willing to be a little bit more sympathetic to him, just hearing his side of the story. You know, he was painted to be the villain, even though maybe that wasn't 100% warranted. Like, did he do some bad things? Those bad things being putting his kids on television for the world to see um I would say so yes but I think he might be a little bit more regretful and remorseful for it versus um his wife who doesn't seem to want to leave the limelight and it's got me thinking like how many more times is stuff like this gonna happen because like you know John and Kate plus eight were basically the original YouTube family vloggers except they had like a whole television show on TLC um but like how how many other like family channels, like OG family channels are there where the kids are going to grow up and they're going to start speaking out about this. And like, how far is this going to go? How much, you know, are we going to learn about these people behind the scenes? Honestly, it's a little messed up for me to say, because that would imply that I am waiting on the downfall of a family. But those Ace Family kids, I, I got to know what I got to know. It's, you know, what's it like to be them? And I can't imagine that when they grow up, they're going to, you know, I just think that, you know, whenever, whenever the Ace Family kids come of age, they're going to have a lot to say. I'll say that much. They're going to have a lot to say. Will they be allowed to say it? I don't know. But man, and I mean, I guess, I don't even know, like, are there really any truly benign family channels? That reminds me, that reminds me of another, another online thing going on right now. So the Meal She Eats couples, uh, or couple, it's just one couple. Um, I'm going to give a little, a little background on this. I know a little bit more 
about it than the eight passengers thing because the eight passengers thing just happened. But the meal she eats couple. I remember seeing these two on Twitter being like, oh, well, I guess it originated on TikTok, but I'm not on TikTok. So I saw it on Twitter. And they're like, oh, this woman has PCOS and her husband lovingly home cooks her meals to regulate her hormones. And now they have a baby, which is like, that is a really nice story. It is a really nice story. A woman overcoming PCOS to be able to conceive a child with the help of her husband. That is objectively a really nice story. Even even my cold-hearted self was like, oh man, that's actually kind of nice, you know? And so, I, honestly, I didn't really think too much into it because it's like, oh, she has PCOS and having trouble conceiving and her husband's helping out any way they can or any way he can. And, um, you know, I've, I've read far too much about bum do-nothing husbands that seeing one that is actually, you know, trying to help his wife is like a breath of fresh air. Because, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm just inundated with, like, too many bad husband stories, but it feels nice. It feels like a nice change of pace to me. A man who's actually willing to do things, round of applause, because the bar's on the floor. <laughs> honestly it kind of is um but apparently people have been kind of looking into it and now it's come out that the husband from meal she eats was a coach at her high school which is strange i'll say that you know they're, they're people are trying to stand up for them and say that oh it was a big high school she wasn't he wasn't actually her teacher but it's the, the fact that she was a student and he was a teacher at the time, it's weird. It rubs me the wrong way. And I think there might be like a eight or nine year age gap because he was like a fairly young coach of some sport, who knows, at her school while she was like, you know, a high schooler. And I think they started dating like right after she graduated, which is always a little sus Tina, if I, if I do say so myself. Um... So they haven't really said a whole lot about it, the the meal she eats couple. But, um, you know, people... First of all, I, I have to say, I, I really... <laughs> I mean, trolling is trolling, but, you know, the kind... The brand of trolling that goes on on TikTok... Because what people are doing is, like, they're going under their TikToks and being like, Oh, this is so cute. You guys should make a story time on how you met. Because, <laughs> you know, they're, they haven't said anything to like set the record straight about how exactly they came to know each other and date and get married. So I don't know, just that brand of like comments. It's honestly so funny to me. It's, it's just really funny. But as far as I know, they haven't said anything again by the time this comes out in like, actually, no, not a week, a few days. Um, I don't know something else could come out, but I think it, it's really weird to go from it's honestly a milkshake duck situation. It literally is a milkshake duck situation. You know, you go from this wholesome man caring for his wife and making her food so that she can create life, you know, going from that to maybe he groomed her, who knows, is um kind of kind of a big leap, kind of kind of emotional tonal whiplash, you know? It's, uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, these two, now that they do have a baby, they are the typical family TikToker people, which, like, don't put your kid on the internet. Like, come on. How hard is it? How hard is it to not put your kid on the internet? Which, I mean, I guess if your kid is your bread and butter, like, their entire existence is thanks to the fact that, you know, it was publicized how, you know, they, they overcame the struggle to conceive, which I'm not trying to downplay her having PCOS or even him doing that for her, but, you know, that is the reason they're popular, so I could see, well, okay, not that I, not that I think it's okay, but I could see why they would continue to put their kid on the internet, because, like, you know, I made her meals so that she can have this kid, now all of you get to, get to see the, the fruits, literally the fruits of our labor, <laughs> so, you know, it's still kind of, scummy but I, I get it like I get it so and also I mean who knows maybe maybe it did work but I'm beginning to question the veracity of a person's PCOS being not I mean obviously it wasn't cured because I don't think that's even something you can cure but something you know 
made better by food. Does food have an impact on your hormones? Maybe. I don't know a lot about the situation or the subject. So it, probably. I mean, maybe. Who knows? But honestly, you know, when I first came across like the meal she eats couple, I thought the guy was like a chef or something. And that's how or a, a nutritionist or a dietitian or something like that. So that's how he knew what food to make her to lessen the effects of her PCOS so that she could conceive. But I don't know if that's the case. Who knows? It's it's all it's all very nebulous. Don't you love getting secondhand information from a person who doesn't know? the full situation <laughs> that's where you're getting here at the run of my mouth podcast oh man well um on that note it's been a wonderful couple of weeks it's been a wonderful labor day weekend and um yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i sure did enjoy making it thank you for allowing me to run my mouth this has been the ninth because i know this time the ninth episode of the Running My Mouth podcast. Um, follow me on Twitter. I'm gonna keep calling it Twitter. I don't care that it's called X. X, who is that? Who? I'm sorry, what? Oh, no, you mean Twitter? Yeah. Follow me on Twitter for as long as it's still standing. Don't care if it's X. Follow me on Twitter. Because <laughs> if you're not following me on Twitter, you're only getting half the story. And yeah, that'll be it for me. I haven't had, I didn't have any cake or ice cream yesterday on my birthday, but I'm going to have some now because I realized that, you know, what's a birthday without cake and ice cream? You feel me? So, uh, off I go. 